Hello everyone, this is Jared Albrecht, the Yard Sale Artist, welcoming you to a Long Box Crusade Elseworlds episode. a long box crusade elseworlds you might ask well some of your favorite long box crusade members have done some work over on some other podcast networks that you may or may not be familiar with so from time to time we will grab a show from the past that one or all of us has done on one of those other networks and we'll play it for you here whether it's a james bond rookie agent show from on her majesty's secret podcast network or a comics with normies from white rocket entertainment network or some other bit of alternate dimension craziness, we hope that you enjoy this presentation of Longbox Crusade Elseworlds. Hi, this is Lana Wood. I was plenty O'Toole in Diamonds Are Forever, but nevertheless, you can see this, hear this. You can't see it. Well, maybe you can if you're really special on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. Welcome to On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast, brought to you by our fine Patreon sponsors and White Rocket Entertainment. I'm your host for this program, Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, a.k.a. Death Probe. And joining me as veteran Bondophile co-host is my brother, Jason the Weasel Skull Albrecht. Jason, what's the most 007 thing you've done since the last time we were recording? In my real world life, I'm applying for a big promotion in my job. Uh, up till this point, I've been an air quality agent in the field, and I'm hoping to become M and have my own desk and office and say things like, spare me the sentimental rubbish 007, <laughs> things like that. I'm going to say it just like that, too. I like it. All right. I do want to say before you move on, though, Jared, I love this movie so much. (laughs) Well, bless your heart, Jason. (laughs) 
Well, this episode is the 16th of our ongoing series on this channel called MI6 Rookie Agents. On Rookie Agents, Jason and I are taking our two friends who are not familiar with the 007 universe through the entire James Bond series of films, one movie at a time, to get a newcomer's point of view on the film series that we love so much. (laughs) We love it so much. So let's welcome our rookie agents to the show. Let's start with Pat. Pat, you rarely get to go first. Pat, DJ Cristados, what 007 thing have you been doing? Well, bless your heart, Jared, for asking me that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm glad you did. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you. I had the exciting experience last weekend to be with my family, and we went and did an escape room. Oh, the escape room. Yeah. It was really fun. Are you calling from the room? (laughs) Yes. I haven't made it out yet. Family got out, but he's still in there. For some reason, I'm still there. But we almost got out. It was 30 seconds more and we would have done it. It was really, really cool experience. And I think we're going to go back one because there's like a secret agent one. We didn't do that one. Mm. But I think we'll go back and do that one. That sounded really interesting Spare as well. Spare me the sentimental rudders. Yeah. <laughs> if you do the secret agent one, you need to like film it so we can put it up on our page or something. Eh, we'll see. I don't I don't know if they let you have phones in there. It's not a country club, Pat Sampson. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're just going to quote the movie all night. Well, that's cool, Pat. Let's find out what our other rookie agent, Delvin, the dark web, Felix Leiter, Silver Hands, Pop Pop Hiss Williams, has been up to. What you been doing, man? You know, in preparation for this particular podcast, I probably listened to uh, the song A License to Kill about 815 times. <laughs> yes. I am not ashamed of that, but if you are, I'm going to make you pay. <laughs> To your dying day. To your dying day. To your dying day. I'm sorry. I got a license to kill. I don't know if I'm really interested to see what you are going to rate this song or not. <laughs> it's gonna be oh, it's gonna be embarrassing. It really is. <laughs> it was gonna be partners in embarrassment because I love that song too. You know, Pat, when I pick you up in Atlanta for the Heroes Con, Gladys Knight owns a restaurant called Gladys's in Atlanta. We could go eat there if you want. Oh, interesting. Well, why don't we wait and see how I rate this song? Mm, you better not screw this up. Yeah, okay, there's well, one option here. Um, why, don't we, why don't we get going? <laughs> Let's do that. Let's do that. Okay, so we're planning on releasing the show monthly as a companion to the show that Van Allen Plexico and Alan Porter are doing. They're currently doing one 007 film per month-ish as we build towards the release date of Bond 25, which I think is April of 2020 now. And so we're just going to follow them along. They're going to do that academic in-depth show, and then we're going to follow them along and get the look from the rookie agents, make some silly jokes. You guys know what we do. So just keep your channel stuck on On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast because we've got all kinds of fun stuff. If you haven't checked it out, we've got our new Raymond Benson's Music of Bond 101 show. That's a lot of fun. we got an actual Bond author on the network. Fellas, how about that? that that's impressive. right. And he knows a little something about the music, too. He does. He's very smart on Bond music. He's very smart on Bond in general. I have to tell you, though, about the podcast there I was listening to from Russia with Love, and it was just a lot of fun. I was out on my walk. We have these little trails through the woods. I was just listening to that 007 theme, rocking out, throwing elbows, knocking people. <laughs> <laughs> 
It was a lot of fun. <laughs> With Jason's admission of being some kind of a creepy sociopath, let's get to today's film, License to Kill. Well, you're allowed to be a sociopath when you're listening to the double ups. Anything goes. Anything yeah, well, goes. You know what? I will admit, when the 007 thing comes on, it's a bad thing if it comes on when I'm driving. Because then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm on a whole other level when, oh, when the 007 theme comes on. <laughs> if, if you're driving, would you say your license is revoked? <laughs> oh, ho, ho. <laughs> nice segue. Hey, speaking of revoked licenses, see how I use Pat segues there? Let's get into today's movie. But before we do that... Before we get our mission brief from Agent Jason, he's going to jump right into the action with no parachute in a fan favorite segment called What Makes You Say That? I'm now aiming precisely at your groin. So speak or forever hold your peace. I don't think I've ever heard any fans say that they like this segment, to be honest. Actually, I think, I think you the, do I'm this just fan. to torture me. I'm the biggest <laughs> fan of this segment. I know you are. All right. On what makes you say that, it's pretty simple. I give Jason a line from today's feature film, License to Kill, and he tells me the line that came before it. I mean, most people can tell you what line comes next. Yeah, rookies, amateurs. Amateurs. Jason <laughs> is our human VCR. Jason rewinds it in his head and tells you the line that came before it. So I got a couple for you here tonight. Jason, how do you feel about License to Kill overall? You know, I love this movie. I've seen it a few times. Like I said last time, we're getting into this area where I've only seen, I can count on my hands how many times I've seen these films. Where the others, I need my hands, my toes, maybe a couple other. <laughs> <laughs> but so I'm a little shakier the more contemporary bonds we go, but I will give it a try. I'll give but it not, a try. Not stirred, we hope. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see if I can stir up some answers. How mm. about that? There we go. Well, all right. As usual, I will start you off with an easy one. Well, what I think is an easy one. <laughs> Here we go. All right. I'm going to give you the line. You tell me the line that comes before it. Here uh-huh. comes the line. No, no. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. See you in hell! There you go. (laughs) The warm-up round is out of the way. Well done, sir. Well done. All right. Okay, so here's one a little tougher. All right, and I got to try to do my best for the voice to try to help you out. Okay. What are these? Boy. I think I know the scene. I think I know the scene, too. All right, everybody, you rookies sit on the scene. Let's see if Jason can nail it. If he can't, then he'll go to to the rookie for help. Okay, what are these? Do it one more time. What are these? So it's a woman. I'm mm-hmm. taking it. Oh, okay. Maybe I don't know it then. <laughs> yeah, you, you thought that was my Sanchez? <laughs> Come on, I, man. No, I thought that was just your normal voice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know the scene. I think I, I know need, the scene. I'm going to need some help. I don't All know right. the scene. Delvin, what scene do you think it is? I'll tell whether he's right or wrong. I think it's the scene where Q is showing the gadgets. I was worried someone was going to go down that path. That's where my head went, but as I was playing it back in my head, it didn't make sense. Nothing was ringing. Right, there. and I thought I thought if anybody's going to guess this wrong, it's going to be that scene. So you're not you're. Oh wrong, wait a minute! Wait wrong. a minute! Wait uh, a minute! Can I guess the wait scene? Wait a minute! They're fishing lures. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fishing lures. Okay. So the, you've got the response, but what's the one that came before it? I think he said something like, I made these myself, or I handmade these Very, very close. I tied these lures myself. Yes. Yes. I tied these lures myself, or I tied these myself. 
I tied them myself. I tied them myself. You got <laughs> it. Yeah. You got it. You got yeah, it. Yeah, I was with Delvin there. It's like my head went right to the I was Q worried, bag. I was worried when I wrote that down because I was like, that sounds like something that Pam Bouvier would have said when Q in the bag. No, I got it. I got it as the wedding scene. Anybody can say that now, Pat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. I'm like, you know I know And that. you know what? I'm just that anybody. <laughs> Pat, bless you. I'm that type of guy. <laughs> I actually, as soon as you said it with that confidence, Pat, you were like, oh, I know the scene. I knew you knew the scene. I mean, he gets credit for an LL Cool J callback there. He does. He's just playing. <laughs> Somehow, Pat won. What makes you say that tonight? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that it's happened. It's not even a competition, but he won. LL will be off the walking path. <laughs> Agent Jason, please give us a quick mission briefing on License to Kill. Will do. I want you to know this is nothing personal. It's purely business. Sanchez has vanished. He's got all of Lighter's files. God only knows what's in them. Find him. He's out of our jurisdiction. I mean, there's plenty of countries that protect him. We can't even get an extradition. There are other ways. In my business, you prepare for the unexpected. And what business is that? I help people with problems. Problem solver. You're going after Sanchez, aren't you? I'm more of a problem eliminator. (laughs) (laughs) This private vendetta of yours could easily compromise Her Majesty's government. Effective immediately. Your license to kill is revoked. You're in over your head. This is where it ends, Commander. You'll be supporting me. keys to attend the wedding of his old pal, CI agent Felix Leiter. When Felix gets the word that drug star Franz Sanchez is in the area, duty calls and 007 and Felix rush off to get their man. After a running gunfight and a thrilling air-to-air chase, our two heroes capture Sanchez and make it to the wedding just in time and in inimitable style. Before Leiter can make it to his honeymoon, Sanchez is sprung. Felix is betrayed and mutilated, and his wife is murdered. Vowing revenge, James Bond seeks to infiltrate Sanchez's organization and put his license to kill to good use, much to the chagrin of him and Her Majesty's government. Using his wits and his training, Bond cuts a path into Sanchez's criminal underworld with the help of undercover agent Pam Bouvier and ever-loyal Q. Battling on land, in the air, and under the sea, it's a drug cartel army versus one double O agent, and the bad guys don't stand a chance. 
License to Kill was directed by John Glenn, and it made $32 million in the U.S. and $156 million worldwide. Despite the relative financial success, License to Kill's heavy use of violence did not win over the credits. This would be Dalton's final film as 007, and it would be six more years until we would get to see a new James Bond stroll across the gun barrel. The cast of License to Kill included Timothy Dalton as James Bond, Carrie Lowell as Pam Bouvier, Robert Davi as Franz Sanchez, Talisa Soto as Lupe Lamora, David Hedison as Felix Leiter, Caroline Bliss as Ms. Moneypenny, Desmond Llewellyn as Q, and Robert Brown as M. Back to you, Jared. Thank you for that, Agent Jason. Now let's find out what our rookie agents thought about this one in our segment called Declassified. Do you expect me to talk? We're going to break this movie into a few pieces to get the insights of our rookie agents, and then Agent Jason is going to give us his overall insights, along with a few bond bombs of trivia, those nuggets he keeps stored by the coconuts on his junk, before leading Agent Delvin and Agent Patton to their scoring rounds. We're going to break the rookie review discussion up into the following sections. We're going to talk a little bit about the pre-title sequence, and then the song and the opening credits, and then we're going to go into Agent Jared's Choice, where I pick something I think is stand out from the film to get the rookie's opinions on, and then... We'll get their overall opinions for the rest of the movie. So let's light this candle. Rookie agents, what did you think about the pre-title sequence? Pat, what do you got? I think it was pretty good. A lot of action. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. like the action in it. I got a question. Okay. Sharky. Mm-hmm. Is he an agent or is he just a guy that Felix knows? He is a friend of Felix and James's when they go to the Keys. He's their charter boat fisherman. So he's like a good friend of theirs. Okay. So he knows what they do. Yeah, he knows that they're kind of in that business, but he is not an agent. He's much like Coral. He's he's a fisherman for hire down in that area. So I'm basically building this whole backstory only off of watching this movie about 600 times. Mm. (laughs) I get the impression that James and Felix get together in the Keys to go fishing, and he's kind of their guy, and they've made a friendship over the years, so much so that he got to be a groomsman in the wedding. Oh, okay. That's why I was wondering, like, why is this guy, and is he part of the thing, or? You got to admit, Sharky, he's a cool dude. Yeah, he's a cool guy. That's why I'm like, this guy's pretty funny and he's cool and all that. Other than that, I think it was a lot of really good action and I liked it. Well, you can't go wrong with that. It's a good summary. Delvin, what do you think, my man? Very first thing we see is the walk in and shooting the shot. And I like Dalton's. I don't know. I just wanted to add that. No, you're Dalton. not wrong. He's, I, I think agree. to date, he and Lazenby are probably the most physical guys. So they do physical stuff well and he looks sharp. Yeah. I love the music too of the intro though. It was really tense and there's just something different about it, which I think kind of highlighted the difference of this movie when you mm-hmm. compare it to the rest of them. But anyway, I'm taking Delvin's turn. I'll shut up now. <laughs> All good. <laughs> Though a whipping scene at the start, that was just weird. And then, yeah. and then it revealed Sanchez. And I'm like, he looks like every bad guy ever. <laughs> if you could say some bad guy costed me, it was like, okay, we need you to draw a sketch of him. <laughs> like Sanchez might be the dude. <laughs> <laughs> Even if he, he wasn't the guy. Like this, bring out a picture. <laughs> There's like an 87% chance that it's him. (laughs) I love it. So there are those two elements. I thought uh, Felix running was hilarious. They kind of had him running. (laughs) In slow-mo. Yes. Like, (laughs) he did not need to run in slow-mo. He looked like he was about to have a whole heart attack. Like, like he was just about to keel over and just die. (laughs) Y'all go on and get him. (laughs) Y'all go on and get it. Yeah, okay, y'all got this. James. James. 
<laughs> I probably mentioned this numerous times building up to this, though. You know, that's David Hedison, the same Felix from Live and Let Die. He's our first return actor to Felix. I just adore him. Yeah, he's a good actor. I like him. Yeah, nothing against him. Just that they didn't they didn't <laughs> need to give him the Baywatch treatment. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah. One more question or a question in the comment. Is it possible to do that plane snag thing that they did? I no, believe. No. Short answer is no. I believe the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't do it. And I know this because I watched the making of and they said in real life, if you land on the horizontal stabilizer like that on the tail, the body weight would send mm, the, yeah, it the would, plane it, yeah. into a dive. So what they had to do during the scene was for the actual flying scenes, the stuntman had to pretty much just touch it and slide off right away. And even that was tricky. And then the scenes that you see close in where Bond is hooking it is using models closer to the ground, not actually done in the air. Oh, nice. The part that I'm talking about that it is possible because a lot of people say, could a helicopter fly as fast as that plane? And one of the things that they did was smart was they did pick a very small, light-powered Cessna, and that Coast Guard helicopter can outpace that plane. Oh, agreed on that. Um, so that's where I thought you were going. But yeah, if you, you're right. Because the, the plane is so small and light, if you drop a 200-pound man on the tail, like Jason said, that plane's going to start going wonky. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. I got some uh, avionics. Aviation. Aviation? Anyway, yeah, some fly guys <laughs> to talk about that. So that's good. And the comment that I was going to make is just overall, I kind of got a sense that they wanted to show us that this was James Bond, like uh, just a day in the life. Mm-hmm. And like even his just getting ready to go to a wedding is cooler than any day that you're ever going to have. <laughs> I uh, know. I thought of that. I, how cool would that have been like at any of our weddings if we all had like jumped in on parachutes and been able to <laughs> land like right there in front of the door just like that. So yeah. Us, we'd be like hanging off the steeple like, oh, just bust right through a a stained glass window (laughs) i I thought this was a good idea (laughs) i think i tore my sack (laughs) (laughs) all right well thanks for that rookie agents now i'd like to get a fresh take from you folks on the theme song and the opening credits I'm going to let Pat take over here because I know he likes to do the ratings for the song. So take it away, Pat. All right. Well, thank you, Jason. So this credit song is License to Kill and it's by Gladys. Let's go ahead and talk about the credit sequence first before we go ahead and talk about the song. Give us your thoughts, Pat. Yeah, give us your thoughts and we'll toss it to Delvin. This was kind of a different one. There was something odd about it that wasn't like the other ones before. And I had a question from that as well. So we've seen about, what, 16 Bond movies now? Mm -hmm. 16? Can you believe it? Yeah, can you believe it? (laughs) (laughs) What do you call the girls that are dancers? Are they just Bond dancers? Do they have a name? To be a Bond girl, you have to be in the movie? Yeah, that's a good question, Pat. Are you a Bond girl if you're in the pre-title sequence? I think most people would say no. I, I would say maybe, you know, okay. Uh, well, not, that's not the right term, pre-title sequence, the opening credits. If you're a Bond girl in the opening credits, eh. But, I mean, still, 
you got to be in a Bond film, so that's cool. But I don't think people would officially consider that a Bond girl, per se. But I think you're more correct. You thought that they're more like dancers, models, that kind of thing. Oh, okay. I was just kind of wondering, because you see a bunch of them. I'm just wondering, like, okay, has anybody ever said, hey, I'm that girl dancing in, you know, the spy who loved me. That's me. You know, I've never seen one on the convention circuit or anything like that. But, I mean, if there was one, I'd go for the autograph. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, you know, the way that you swayed mysteriously. That was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I paused it there. (laughs) Delvin, what do you got on the visuals? Not too much other than I thought that the camera shot to start the credits were cool and the camera shot to end it. That was a nice touch and something that we hadn't seen before. I liked the uh, poker chip that kind of turned into the naked lady. Mm-hmm. That was well done too. And as I didn't know then, but now that I think about it, it's they're kind of detailing things that happened in the movie. So that was cool too. I think this is the last Maurice Bender title sequence. And I gotta say, he kind of went out a little better, in my opinion, than the last couple of... You know, a lot of people say that the license to kill one is a little vanilla, and I don't disagree because it doesn't have anything super memorable, except maybe that camera that Dalton pointed out. I always remember the camera. Yeah, me but too. But it's not well, maybe like flashy either. colors or yeah. it's a little more mellow mm-hmm. than the others, so I get that. But hats off to Mr. Bender. I mean, he's created some great stuff for us. Well, Pat, go ahead and get us back on track. Let's talk about the music because Dalton and I are just ready to... Oh, oh, all right. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and talk about that song then, License to Kill by Gladys. Delvin, what's your thoughts on that? I appreciate that you're not even saying Gladys Knight. You're just saying Gladys. We know who she is. Right. Because she's freaking Gladys Knight. And man, man. <laughs> so, all right. Let me back up. I got so much stuff to say. I'm going full Jason on this one. All right. right. I think I told you guys a while back, I was, you know, just feeling, you know, the whole Bond thing that we're doing. I'm like, okay, let me just uh, listen to some soundtrack. And of course, you know, by that time, I can't remember which movie we were on, maybe eight or nine in or whatever. And and I'm saying, you know, License to Kill by Gladys Knight. And I'm like, what? Gladys Knight did a Bond song? I didn't know this. Let me listen to this. And then, you know, I listen, I'm like... Holy crap, this is great. Mm-hmm. Not, not even good. This mm-hmm. is freaking phenomenal. And then the song itself, first of all, I mean, there's so many different elements that she threw into the song. Like, I mean, she came in with the, you know, with the humming, like, I'm already feeling myself on this song. <laughs> and then the song has like just this bridge in it. You could tell where she was just kind of moving her head because she was freaking feeling herself in this song. And then it, then she did a pitch change, a, ch- a change in key, like to end the subject. she she this is if she isn't the greatest voice that's ever sung a bond song she's close like really close and if this wasn't the most well-written bond song that i've heard ever then it's close the song is phenomenal and to tie it back to the pre-credit scene when they didn't even start the song from the beginning i'm like wait what the hell what? (laughs) And then they cut an entire, they cut an entire verse. And I'm like, why are they speeding this song up? They didn't speed up the freaking living daylights. And and then one more thing, 
they didn't give Gladys Knight credit in the pre-credit scene. Okay, I was I was wondering that too. Yeah. I I, I couldn't see it and looked, and I was freaking furious. I'm like, are you kidding me? Wow, I did not know that. They yeah, I stumbled stumbled on that in my search for uh, 007 trivia. Yeah, he's absolutely right. No credit for Gladys in that. What? It's probably because she's to be recognized. They're like, if you don't know, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, that that to me that was just uh, egregious. Like you gotta you gotta give her her credit for this song because you know to use a southernism she put her foot into this song it was i mean the runs freaking br- br- i'm done <laughs> she, I, I can't even express how much i freaking loved this song all right loved I, got, it. I got two things to follow up Delvin. one all right well, number one don't be too upset i think almost every james bond opening credit song is chopped down they do that all the time okay and this Not, one was over five minutes long too yeah this is the, this is the longest bond song if you listen to the totality the second thing i want to say is it just me or does it make the song cooler that they come in on the parachutes and all that and they start playing the wedding march and the wedding march seamlessly rolls into the song i just yes the bells are ringing and the wedding march starts and it rolls and i'm just like oh that makes it even better (laughs) i just love that i kind of want to hear it like every time with the bells and the wedding march that fades into the song Anyway, those are my two cents. We'll get to scoring it in a minute. Uh, hold on, hold on. There's one more thing. There's one more thing. Because I mentioned how well the song was written and how it could play. Like if you didn't know it was a Bond song, how it could just play stand along as an R&B song. But like it is talking about the movie too, mm-hmm. and how it could be like, okay, is she talking about a partner like in the field, or is she talking about like a love partner? Just oh, I love it. <laughs> so great. I think we get a high score from Delta. <laughs> I'm starting to feel like you like this one a little bit. (laughs) Pat, we'll turn it back over to you. Boy, I don't think I can say anything more than what Delvin has said there. (laughs) You literally can't. I didn't know they sped it up and chopped it up. So I'm I'm just going off of what I heard in this song in this film. Okay. So I, I've never heard it outside of this. <gasps> it's fantastic, Pat. But with that, let's go ahead and give it a rating. We're gonna rate this song a one through seven. Seven meaning that you really liked it. So let's find out. Is a seven in it for Delvin? <laughs> I have my suspicions. Are you starting with me? Yes. Okay. No, seven isn't in it. It's like a ten. Like what? Uh, <laughs> that's that's what I martinis from other people. Or, yes. Uh, this is for double oh nine right here. It's at least oh, heck yeah. Like I, I want to pour one out on the curve. Like that's <laughs> it. The song was brilliant. It was brilliant. I cannot love it enough. So yes, absolutely a seven for me. Jared, what do you think, man? Well, you're going to hand that seven right over to join my seven because I consider this the single most underrated Bond theme song ever. Does not get talked about enough. I loved it from the moment I saw it in the theaters in 1989. I love it to this day till my dying day, you could say. (laughs) This song is freaking amazing. It's my favorite. It's a tops. It's a seven. Let's go to Jason. Delvin, how many martinis did you give for your eyes only? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm teasing. No, I'm I'm gonna throw another seven on the pile. I was surprised how much I liked this song. It's been a while since I'd seen the movie, been a while since I had listened to the soundtrack. Jared, you got me the soundtrack 
like years and years ago, and I dug it up and listened to it again, and I'd forgotten how much I liked it. I was driving in the car, and you know, if I have to involuntarily turn that volume up, that's a signal right there. <laughs> I agree with you, and I thought it played seamlessly into the film. So, 007 for me. What about you, Pat? Bring us home. <laughs> Everybody look at Pat. Everybody look at Pat. <laughs> yeah, you better just uh Well, so let's go ahead and see our other thoughts on this episode. Pat, it's okay. Just be honest. It's not like we're gonna dogpile you. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm just used to that. <laughs> hey, <all> right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say, Pat? Sorry, go ahead. How uh, many? You know, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm going to give it a... Ooh, uh, I'm going to give it a four. That's just not my song, and, and maybe it's just the way it was cut in this film. Uh, maybe it's the, the sequence, too, when I was listening to it. I'm Okay, so I'm like listening to the song. I'm like, okay, and I just wasn't feeling the credit sequence at all either. And yeah. I feel like as Pat's trainer, I've somehow failed to solve. My old Joel Sargent used to go, that's not right. <laughs> screwed something up really bad. I feel like. No, I, I'll be the first one to say, dude, seriously, it's fine. But what I would say is go find the song. Oh, I w- yeah. And now this- that you say that, I will, because that I didn't know. And I haven't listened to any other songs. So I'm trying to kind of keep myself clean. I'm completely unclean. I already have them. <laughs> well, I can say that sound bite for plenty of shows. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, uh, and, and it applies. <laughs> it applies to other stuff, too. <laughs> I'm going to have to send the soundtrack Pat's way, I think. I'd be interested to hear the, the uh, regular version of it. Maybe that might sway me a, a little bit more. So, Whilst we're talking about music, I'd point out, too, that we're done with John Barry. We talked about that last time. Michael Kamen did the music for this movie. The guy from the Die Hard soundtracks. So mm. you get more of an action-y vibe for more of an action-y movie. So I didn't think it was a bad fit. But still, you, it was better Barry. in some places than others, I think. There was a couple places in there I was like, that is straight out of Die Hard. And I don't know how I, how I, <laughs> how I feel about having this in this movie. But in some places, it worked really well. Like we talked about, I thought in the opening credits that score really brought some energy into it. Slow motion running for Felix Leiter. <laughs> yeah, and that little tune was right out of Die Hard too. So like, Come on, man! It's like we don't really need the '80s action movies. It's like right at the top of this movie, he was wanted everybody in the theater to know that he's the Die Hard guy. <laughs> Hey y'all, I'm the diehard. Guy. <laughs> well, there was no point. There was no point to that running, to slow mowing that running scene though nah, either. It's like nah, it's it was, moving from point A to point B. And it just you gotta put, remember the time. Die Hard and Lethal Weapon are dominating, so they kind of put a little bit of that vibe in it. Yeah, I guess we'll talk a little bit more about the timing of this movie as we move on. I'm certain I'll bring that up. With all that junk out of the way, I guess it's time for the Jared's Choice segment. In Jared's Choice segment, I pick something I think is sort of stand out about this film to compare it to the other films that the rookie agents have seen thus far. And what stood out to me about this film is Pam Bouvier. She's one of the more capable ladies that Bond partners with in the whole series. She can take care of herself. And so that one is going to be my question to the rookies this week. All right, we've seen Pam Bouvier and a couple of the other more capable ladies. I would say Melina Havlock from Free Your Eyes Only with her crossbow and uh-huh. her not taking crap off anybody. And obviously, mm-hmm. Tracy. 
Tracy David Chinzo was not fooling around. She took out her own guard. She was not to be trifled. She saved Bond when he was trying to escape in the snow. So I want to toss it to the rookies and say, of those three, or you can pick one I didn't mention if there's one that stands out in your head. Who do you think, if you were going to be Bond and you were going to go in the field, which one of those capable ladies would you like on your side? And we'll start with Delvin. Okay, if I, if I wanted someone by my side the most, it'd be Melina. Okay. Because, I mean, she was the one that was just like, the scariest, like <laughs> I she mean, was yeah, very I determined. <laughs> she was putting arrows in people's chests and like, dang. So she was the most impressive. But Tracy was enough of a figure that she still talked about even in this movie, which says something. Mm-hmm. And um, Bouvier, she was very good. She was really good. I enjoyed seeing her and, and she was very resourceful and Bond left her on the sideline way too much. Heck, his his life probably would have been easier had he involved her more. Mm-hmm. So I, I ran long on that, but um, my answer is going to be Molina. Fair enough. Pat, what do you think? I like Tracy. Bouvier is very good as well. Um, I also like some pussy. <laughs> I think we all do. Oh, right. Right. Pussy galore. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that choice, Pat. She wasn't really, you know, side by side with him a lot, but I think she's a woman that could handle herself. She could handle her business. You are not yeah. wrong about that. No, I think that's a great selection. Jason, you want to get on this real quick? I think I'm going to give it to Bouvier. She was very resourceful. She could fly. She, the IA contractor, could drive a truck. She had a lot of skills, and she'd be my choice. Yeah, I agree with you on that, but I don't think anybody had a bad choice. Those are all fine choices. So that's it for Jared's Choice this week. And Jason, I'll let you run the highs and lows campaign. All right. Well, it's time to get some highs and lows from the film overall from our agents, Pat and Delvin. So since Pat was the last double O award winner, we'll let him kick it off and give us a high or a low from the film. All right. I am going to give a high. I thought this had a lot of different action in this movie to keep me interested. And so I don't really have, again, a lot of notes on this, but I like how the buildup was for this movie. I'll leave it at that. Delvin, higher or low? I didn't take a ton of notes, but you know what? I'm going to start with a low. And that low is for a very smart, resourceful agent that 007 is, he was not using his tools wisely. I mean, he had Bouvier there who had proven over and over like, hey, hello, super capable here. Want to help? <laughs> you need help against this freaking army of people. I work best alone. Like, no, you don't. <laughs> now, then, now, Then he gets his out. ass whooped by two... <laughs> Time out. Two ninjas. Like, man, I forgot everything I learned and you only live twice. <laughs> Time out on that. I agree. I'm going to be playing games on this movie all night long. <laughs> I agree that he should have. Objection. Objection, but Your Honor. If we put ourselves in his headspace, he has just seen the most capable person he knows have his life destroyed. So you put yourself in his headspace. He's trying to protect her. I understand that, but. I mean, she wasn't a damsel. She didn't need protecting. Yeah, I get that. But I mean, neither was Felix. But Felix is on his mind. He's like, they got to this dude 
And Felix is as capable as anybody. So I don't think it had anything to do with being a girl or a damsel. Just, uh, you know, he didn't want Q to be there. He didn't want anybody to get hurt is what it was. But ultimately, I agree with you. She had the skill set. Q had the skill set. He shouldn't have been so mm-hmm. gruff with him. But it's it's Timmy D. He's gruff bond. Yeah. He was being a big old grumpy puss uh, on that. So, yeah. That was my low for that one. <laughs> Claws in, Jared. Claws in. I'll fight. Oh. <laughs> I love this movie. You had a day. <laughs> It's my favorite pod film. Have I made that clear to everybody? <laughs> yes, it's quite clear. It's quite okay. clear, Jared. All right. I'm sorry. I'll I'll be quiet for a minute. <laughs> All right. Pet, any other highs or lows? Oh, I really liked Q in this one. Mm-hmm. He thought he played very well in it. I like how they used him. Um, it just was exciting to see him and just his interaction with everybody. You know, he, I don't know how old he was when he made this. Quite. Quite old. Quite. He's still got a couple films left. Yeah. yeah. A few. I remember his exit. Mm, I can't remember what movie, but I remember how he did it. But yeah, I got that. I don't know if I got an. I got another one. I want to say too. Go ahead. Uh, Lighter's office. There's a laser disc in there. <laughs> <laughs> you like that, did you? Uh-huh. I saw that. I'm like, oh, laser disc. <laughs> I'll bet Jared knows what I liked about. Yes, here's my whole deal with that. The first, you know, interior shots you get, you'll notice the Dodgers pennant hanging in the background. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, Jason's going to like that. And then there's another shot that was like a Cubs pennant. And then there's another shot where there's a Cincinnati Reds pennant in the background. I'm yeah, like, pick a team, lighter. Yankees <laughs> pennant up there, too. I was Yankees, like, oh, come yep. on, man. Oh, you can't have the Yankees. That just invalidates everything. <laughs> like, so you get the feeling he just likes baseball in general. But at first I was like, oh, Jason's going to be very excited about this Dodgers pennant. I did, my <laughs> gravitate. I was like, is that a- <gasps> It is. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Delvin, any other thoughts? Highs, lows? Oh, heck yes. I wrote the word damn yeah, at Delvin. least twice. <laughs> <laughs> When the dude's head blows up, right? No, that wasn't one of them. I did write a note about that. I was like, oh, dang, that was a Kananga moment there. Yeah, yeah. Head just all blowed up. But no, the first damn was was Felix and the shark. I was like. Oh, yeah. I was like, Felix. And, and, and like, dang, the drum, like it went from, you know, the pre-credit scene where it's like, oh, ha ha ha. We stopped this criminal and oh, we're to the wedding. Happy times. Happy days. Nope. Wrong. <laughs> Drama. Big time. Like, I mean, Felix, like what? what? That was insane. That was insane. Yeah. Let's see. I know one other time I did it was when Bond looked like he was about to take out. Sanchez with the sniper rifle, and he didn't get like jumped by ninjas. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, that was like what? Nobody was... expects to be jumped by ninjas. Ninja. No, it was ninja. crazy. No, no. In Isma City, come on now. Watch the birdie, you bastard! <laughs> I actually put, what the hell is going on? <laughs> I mean, he was getting his world rock, too. That dude did, like, the backflip double kick to the chin. (laughs) Tell me, if I ever see you do a backflip double kick to the chin, I will just kneel before Zod, man. Oh, dude. (laughs) I'll probably have to kneel before Zod because I will have my hamstring. (laughs) (laughs) There was one more, actually, because, like, when it it showed that, like, Bond got lucky because the sniper attempt failed, but he wound up screwing up Hong Kong and their secret operation. But then, like, he used it as a setup for Crest. But then, like, his plans messed up what Bouvier was doing. I'm like, oh, my God. 
It's like a quadruple cross. Yeah, Yeah, he was really playing him. Some craziness, just like there was some like legit craziness going on in this movie in a great way. Like, dang, it had me like just turning my head, like, huh, what, what the, huh, what, what happened? What's going? So it had some twists and turns. It it did. It did. I mean, the word clearly for it is suspense. It had suspense. It really, really did. All right, all right, Pat, you got another higher low you want to talk about? I want to talk about the villain, Sanchez. I think he's a very formidable villain. I think he did a very good job at playing it. One question. One of his guys, his other, like his top henchman guy. Dario? Who is it? Dario? Oh, yeah. You know who he is? Well, it's, I, is? It's his very yeah. first feature film. Is it? Okay. That's You're what I thought. Him lots of stuff. Miranda yeah. knew it right away. Really? I, she recognized 19 year old Benicio Del Toro. All right. Yep. That's 19, what I thought. I think, when they were filming. Yeah. One of my wife's favorite actors. Wow. Honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. He just looks so young. And yeah. Scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was. He was a scary guy, too. Like, and Should I be scared of a 19-year-old dude? Apparently, I yes. should. <laughs> He was I'll terrified. tell you what, he got his ass beat in that bar, though. He, I mean, every time oh, yeah. he tried to step up, Bond whooped his ass, she whooped his ass. <laughs> Nobody's talking to you, gringo. <laughs> <laughs> My fists are talking to your face. Yeah, it's these hands. These hands are talking. <laughs> Maybe you understand sign language. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I know I'm hijacking someone's turn, but in that fight, that whole barroom scene, yeah. you think that James Bond would be the coolest cucumber in the room, but that waitress took it all in stride. Well, and, and the dancer, she was too. Still dealing, and the dancer. Yeah, the dancer, dancer too, was, yeah. I'm just watching the dancer. I'm going, oh, isn't she going to move? She just she continues to keep dancing. a job to do, and she was going to do it. <laughs> yeah. M should have hired her, man. She can stay on task. We'll call her uh, Dancer Debbie. <laughs> dancer Debbie hearing. had it going on. She's married to Countdown Jerry. <laughs> they stayed wow. a course. That's right. This music isn't four. over till five, four, <laughs> three. That bra is coming off in five. <laughs> oh, I, I hijacked somebody. Oh, I did. I did. Pat, should I kick it to Delvin or do you have anything else to say? There is probably a lot to say, but the first watch through, it was just a film that so much to take in. I really do think that I like how cool Sanchez was. He played it cool, but he could be a really mean guy. And, and the thing of it was, too. But it was a, he, it, he was mean in a cool way. Yeah. He was like, just want you to know, this is impersonal. Got to have yeah. the shark eat your leg off. But, <laughs> you know, we're good after this. Just letting yeah. you know. The DEA agent or whatever, you know, he said, I promised my word. And, uh, you know. You yes. get me free? Yes. As opposed to a lot of other Bond villains that will just kill people out of convenience. I always like Sanchez because yeah. he, if he said he was going to do it, he would do it. And he expected the same from his people. So I think that makes him stand out. But I'm going to talk a lot tonight, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> Cancel deposit of $2 million. See, we didn't have any of that. Yeah, he was as good as his word. And there's a lot to admire about him in a way. I mean, you're like, eh, you know, if I had to work for a, you know, Bond villain, there'd be worse choice to just don't mess with his girl. Yeah. Obviously, man. That's where I would get into some problems. <laughs> I would too, man. That part where, when you hear the guy screaming as he's getting his heart cut out, I've been like, it was worth it. <laughs> Delvin, bring us home. Any other thoughts? Any last thoughts? Man, I have plenty of thoughts on this one. First, Bouvier, man, she got her swear words in, didn't she? <laughs> she was dropping some bombs like, this is beep and beep. <laughs> beep. 
This is bulbs. <laughs> like I, I, I do believe you're a pilot now, <laughs> <laughs> and an army pilot at that. She had some cuss words to throw around. Then the other one, kind of along the same lines. Man, James Bond was angry. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, and you can tell it as soon like he was already he found out about Felix and was like, what's going on? And then he came and saw Della on the bed and he just he was furious at that point. And you can tell it just in his actions. I like Dalton nailed that. Because he looked so angry and his actions just conveyed how angry he was. And then when the reveal was that M showed up and M was like, you know, you like, nope. And you're you're supposed to be on a mission. And then the very classic, you know, uh, well, I tender my resignation. (laughs) We're not a country club. I mean, just (laughs) man. I mean, there was angry Bond in this movie and there was sneaky Bond. I mean, so we got to see Bond from different angles. I was digging it. I I really was. There wasn't really a lot of gadgets. Just the, you know, that gun, really. And, and the, the camera. Toothpaste. The toothpaste. Well, yeah. And well, I suppose, yeah, but just not a lot of over-the-top gadgets. Yeah, yeah, they're all practical gadgets. Yeah, it was more him versus the world. Yeah, sneaking surprise, around. surprise, I have things to say about Delvin's comment, too. This is the summary of it all, and I'll be quiet for another maybe 60 seconds. This <laughs> is why it's my favorite movie. Is I think I got that taste from Honor Majesty's Secret Service when Tracy died that you wanted to see off the chain Revenge Bomb and you didn't get to see it. Mm. And now we finally did. What is it like when you've just pushed the man of this skill set too far? And Delvin, you're right. The guys on JBR talk about Tim Dalton and what do they always say, Jason? Wolf size. He's got the eyes of a wolf. Yeah, yeah. More so in, in this movie. When he's angry, he's got those wolf's eyes. And you just look in his eyes and you're like, man, you better stay out of that dude's way. <laughs> he was so angry. Yeah, you could tell it. I mean, you know how some people are like not that great of actors and they have to say, oh, I'm really mad. Thanks, Mr. Exposition. No, <laughs> no exposition needed in his actions, even in the way he fought. He fought angry. His actions were they were cold and calculated, but they were irrational in some cases, because had he stopped and looked, he probably could have seen that Hong Kong. There's no way they would have dealt with Sanchez, but he, he wasn't looking at that. I think the most impulsive thing that he did was kill the dude that killed Sharky. Because he's like all on his sneaky Bond recon mission. And then he was like, oh, no, I got to kill this guy. Hang on a second. (laughs) Hit the pause button on this recon mission. (laughs) I'm not going to sneak out of here. This one. This one's for Sharky. Yeah. No, he was. Yeah, he was all in. And I liked it, too, because you really did get to see both the physical side of 007 and the mental keenness of 007. And one other element that I'll add on top of that too is I like how the Timothy Dalton Bond, it seemed like they played him like Bond in the later years of his 007 career. When we get to the Craigs, you'll see Craig is like a newly promoted 007. But with Dalton, even back in Living Daylights, you get the sense from his comments like, I'll let him fire me. I'll thank him for it. Like, I've done this before. I know what I'm doing. If he wants to fire me for making a call, F it, let him fire me. And then as I was watching this one, I noticed when you see him shirtless, he's got all these scars and like a bullet scar in his shoulder. So he's got the mileage on him on this one, too. So Mm. I think all of that mixed together really made for a super cool bond. Just the right moment in his professional career. Matched the age of the actor. Had a really physical actor that could carry it off. Kind of an intimidating actor. He's not physically large like, say, Daniel Craig, but he looks like he will knife you in the alley and not think twice about it. Well said, Jason. 
<laughs> Jason <laughs> saying the things I want to pour out. I, I'm going to ask a question specifically for Pat. Oh, because you were worried. You don't like underwater scenes. I told you these underwater scenes were a little more brisk and a little more actiony. What'd you? Think? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. These were very short and more action. I Shut liked them a lot. <laughs> <laughs> So you say this is I'm teasing. I like that. (laughs) You know, it takes you back a little bit to that when they do the underwater and then you go, okay, he's going to go up underneath the boat and sneak in again and do this or that. But I think it was pretty good. I like how it's Bond and he gets away from these guys underwater. You know, behind a plane, no less. Yeah. But, well, just in the underwater scene before that, in the fight scene, and then yeah, I think it was. I think it was really good. Yeah, he's taking on like four guys down there and gets yeah. away. That's a good scene, definitely. All right. Any final thoughts from anybody before we move this thing along? Can a truck really do a wheelie? That truck was specially modified. It had a weighted tail end, so it actually did do the wheelie, but it was reconfigured for the stunt. Uh, okay. I, I know like something it? about having a weighted tail end. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. By about three o'clock, I'm doing a wheelie myself. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Delvin, you had another thought. I didn't mind the appearance of Money Penny. She kind of did a, a classic throwback to uh, the lovely uh, Lois Maxwell. How she was kind of doing her side thing, still investigating Bond, and M knew that she was doing it. <laughs> Admit it, though, when he came out and said, "There are five errors on the cover page alone," you wanted his next line to be, "Where's the real Miss Money Penny?" <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> All right. I just had one other thing. I'd say it until the end here, but I like the end credit song. Oh, little Patty oh, LaBelle. Oh, 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 yes. I'm so glad you mentioned that, Pat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I can redeem myself. I, and that's where I... <laughs> I really enjoyed the end credits. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a great song. What's weird is that song gained more popularity outside of Bond than the title song did. It's weird. I think the title song's amazing. But I love that Patti LaBelle song, too. Yeah, I do music front to back. I didn't know. I heard that song and I didn't know that the Patti LaBelle song was a Bond song. And of course, you know, it is a Bond song and it fits perfectly with mm-hmm. the movie. Yeah. It, it right. did to book in the movie. Like you got Gladys Knight and Patti LaBelle, two of the greatest man. <laughs> Yep, that is some talent all on one soundtrack. You know, while we're doing final thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Jared. Well, we'll make a special rules for you tonight since this is your favorite. This is my favorite movie. Let me, let me ask you this. Why is it your favorite movie? You about to tell us. Well, like I said, no, it, it, I pretty much is there. Is, what's is there a main reason why? Is there something? I'm a big Dalton fan. Okay, so that didn't hurt. Again, I will admit that this hit me at a time in my life in '89. I've probably mentioned on about a dozen podcasts. My favorite time was when I was living in Germany from '87 to '90, and so I was there. And that nostalgia goes into it, but mostly it's because I finally got to see James Bond off the chain. I got to see a re- revenge James Bond, and I always wanted to see that. That's really it. I like the actor. I like the scenario. You guys know I like David Hedison. He's back. Sharky's charming. Mm-hmm. Uh, Q is in the field. Robert Davi plays an interesting bad guy. We got the first appearance ever of Benicio Del Toro. So it's just a lot of little things that add up for me. The two things I wanted to say is this movie, some people say it almost killed the franchise because it didn't. It made money, but it didn't make the usual money. And I just want to be, again, it's defense attorney, and it came out in the summer of 89. What else came out in the summer of 89? Indiana Jones' Last Crusade, Lethal Weapon 2, 
Batman. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, was a, it, got, it got buried. It was a I, competitive summer. I will say, though, Jared, I will kind of quasi-correct you on one thing. Because a lot of people say that the lack of money in the U.S. is what ended Dalton's role here and, and stalled out the Bond franchise. But it was actually, Dalton was scheduled to come back for another film. And it was legal troubles with MGM Studio that cast Bond into this legal limbo where they couldn't do anything for this period of time. Mm-hmm. And his contract just expired. That's oh, okay. that's why he didn't come back. You're like the Alan J. Porter of our show, man. Good job. Hey, man, IMDb. Answers <laughs> <laughs> a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> Last thing I want to talk about was locations. I'm I'm proud to say this is one of the Bond locations I've been to. I've been to the Hemingway house where he had a scene with M where he resigned and all that jazz. So that was cool. That's at Key West. And speaking of locations, you know that house that Sanchez owns? That kind of mm-hmm. elaborate white mm-hmm. thing on the bay. That is like an Airbnb place now. Anyone can stay there. So oh, yeah, I, I, so I heard it was only just, like two hundred bucks a night. Or yeah, something. it's pretty affordable. I'm like, we, we need to arrange a rookie agent's trip and go uh-huh. stay there. <laughs> I was counting. There are a lot of couches. We can all just take a couch. <laughs> I mean, Jared, I would do it if you asked me Why don't you wait until you're asked? <laughs> Well, why don't you ask me? <laughs> and oh, it sounds like it's about to get a little nasty. <laughs> Bless your heart. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna stop talking. I'm so sorry, guys. It's just my this one's my jam. Oh no, if it's your jam, you gotta tell us how you feel. Pat, did you have a double O player? I, I ran all over. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Let's get the double O player in here, Pat. Well, I think you guys know double O player the count on that. He didn't really do a lot with the ladies. I just got Pam and Loopy. Yeah, that's all I got, you know, too. I, he was, his mind was on something else. Yeah. Here's he it. took a little time yeah. there. Did anybody here get the impression that he might have had a past with Della? I thought he was getting a little too Gary Money Penny on <laughs> Della. Like when she was like, "Oh, I get to yeah, kiss, I, kiss the best man." That was like a for real yeah, kiss. I was, I was like, like, "What?" I, I was, thought it was the other way around. I was going to bring that up. Got to grab that. <laughs> yeah, Miranda, yeah, Miranda was still watching, and she's like, "She just kissed him on the lips <laughs> twice, a couple times." I go, I wonder if there's like a backstory where he dated her, and then she met Felix through him, and you know, it just kind of went oh, that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord oh you dirty asshole oh, i forgot to mention that i consider lupe one of the sexiest bond girls of all time Another oh my god I, yes i, like I mean film. Uh, i was about this i was gonna say something but i pass up. <laughs> uh, i'll be quiet <laughs> go ahead Pat. oh i was just gonna say keep I this like- thing rolling Keep this train back just... I like how Pam gets dressed up and changed a little bit. Oh, yeah. She looks incredibly incredible <laughs> with short Yeah. That short oh, yeah. Work for her. Yeah, shoulder-length hair, short... It didn't matter. She looked hey, good. I mean, and since we're talking, I mean... <laughs> she had a nice set of gams, too. Like. <laughs> uh-huh. I was like, yeah, you ask me to. <laughs> but you oh, won't because I'm not in your league. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's go ahead and get to a smoke count. Smoke if you got him. Oh, yeah, there was a little bit of smoke. Oh, yeah. There was a little bit right. of smoking in this one, too. He lit up twice. I remember him lighting up when he was talking with Sanchez. Uh-huh. What's the second one? Uh, I got to think about that one, but he, he does it twice. So when he's playing blackjack, did he smoke then? When he had his Dracula hair. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. He has bad hair throughout this movie. <laughs> 
Oh, no, man. There must not have been a barber in Isthmus City. That's all I could. I can't remember the second smoke one. Oh, I'd have to go through it again. Then, I thought but he looked it... up earlier in the movie, but I'm blanking on when. Well, smoke count is at two. Oh, did I also mention that my favorite Bond line is in this movie? Because I'm going to tell you what that is, too. <laughs> And that is a cool line. He says, uh, you know, what do you do for a living? He goes, I'm, I help people with problems. Oh, so you're a problem solver. More like a problem Problem eliminator. <laughs> I was like, and, and oh. I, and I, I thought for sure that that was going to be one of my, what makes you say that. <laughs> oh, I should have teed you up. That and, was a good and, and so when I got the first one, I was like, I got the second one. I know what it's going to be. <laughs> you know, and then you're the coming out with, what are these? I was like, oh, no. <laughs> That's not it at all. <laughs> This is going to be a three-hour show because I can't shut up about it. <laughs> Wayne Newton was pretty good, too. <laughs> Bless your heart. Cracks me up. That's a pretty that- good scheme they had going on. <laughs> It's soundproof, so our meditation won't be disturbed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he kind of took that with a lot of chill, though. It was like, eh. <laughs> come Easy come, well, easy go, I guess. I was wondering, as the place is on fire and people are running, I'm like, did he get out? And all of a sudden, then you see him running. <laughs> <laughs> she ganked the money back. She ganked the money back. took that stride, too. But I'm like, oh, okay, well, at least he got out. Good for you, Wayne. Yeah, we were all kind of glad when Reverend Butcher <laughs> got out. That was funny. I put a stake in this one. Well done, agents. Now let's get Jason's final thoughts on this film and his Bond bombs. Oh, I think I've talked enough about my thoughts on the film. I will ask one I think I have more to say. (laughs) (laughs) Jared, you can have my time. Go for it. I yield yield my time to the License to Kill fan. Oh, it's, um, it's all good. I've said all I got to say, I think. Did you guys do what I told you to do, though, when you did the headbutt and just go, Timmy? <laughs> no, I was thinking it about it, but then I got to. Every time. <laughs> it's like Dario just got his ass beat, like, left and right. He's like, you come with me, gringo. Oh, oh, oh now I got headbutt. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> Took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> Get some bond bombs going here. So you know that scene where Q is undercover and he's raking and he has the rake communicator yeah. in his hand. You guys remember that? Mm-hmm. Yep. When he tosses the communicator away into the bushes casually, that was Desmond Llewellyn's idea. He liked the irony after all the years of him chastising Bond for his careless, you know, and reckless use of his equipment to actually have Q in the field doing the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was priceless. I thought that was really cool. On the side, this is my favorite. Q movie, period. I think he's great in this film. This film reunited Robert Davi, who played Sanchez, and Grandel Bush, who played other FBI agent, the African-American guy that was the good guy. That didn't I'm not going to forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> that guy was kind of over the top. Well, the two of them played special agents Big Johnson and Little Johnson in Die Hard. Oh. So this reunited them after Die Hard. And then finally, Pedro Armendariz Jr. played President Hector Lopez, and Armendariz's father, Pedro Armendariz Sr., played Karen Bay way back and from Russia with love. Karen Bay, Karen Bay. The unforgettable Karen Bay. His son is El Presidente. Nice. Remember that you're only president for life. For life. For life. <laughs> that was a very unique threat. Like, hey. <laughs> so that's what I got tonight, fellas. 
And with those 007 trivia nuggets safely tucked away, it's time to have our rookie agent score this film. Jason's going to take these guys through our scales right on a 1 to 7. 7 means you loved it, shook your martini. 6 means it's excellent. 5 means it's very good. 4 means it's good. 3 is just okay. 2 is not so good. And 1, you hated it. It stirred your martini. Jason, make it happen. All right. We'll let Pat go first since he's our award winner. How many martinis, sir? I am going to give this six martinis. Nice. An excellente category. Yes. Six from Pat Delvin. It's up to you, sir. I think this was the second best Bond movie that I've seen. Good. It, it was a great movie. It had, I love the action. It had two great Bond girls. It had a complex plot and a good villain. I'm giving it a seven. Yes. Ka-ching. Yes. Like, I was sitting there watching it. I mean, like, seriously, there were several moments. I was just like, dang, what the, what? We're in a really good way. So I'm, I forgot all the crazy movies that came out in 89, but like, I mean, this movie was like, it was overlooked. It should have done better or they, or they should have protected the Bond franchise and released it maybe in, in 90, like February 90 or something. You know, they it's funny. Have, you should, yeah, but they wouldn't have known that. That's true, Pat. I think you're going to go where I was going to go with this next statement, so I'll let you take it away, Jared. Isn't this the last one that gets a summer release? Don't they move into the November releases? It is, yes. That's the exact reason why, because they got buried by the other summer blockbusters, and they said from now on they were going to go into November release. Yeah, they tend to do them in the fall now, and this is part of it. Good job, Delvin. You did all, you did all right, Pat. Delvin, yeah, you said you this know. was your second favorite. Which one do you like better? Goldfinger. Yeah, still my number one. Nothing yeah, that was that. a good one. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Now it's time to crown this episode's Double O Award winner. 50% of the reason people tune into the show, I think, because Pat and Delvin are going to answer a series of trivia questions on License to Kill, and Pat is our current champion, so he'll be going first, but before we do that, let's take a quick break and thank our Patreon sponsors. White Rocket Entertainment. All right, these are the folks that are getting it done for us and helping us out here at OHMS Pod and our White Rocket endeavors in general. Brandon O'Dwyer, Samuel Salvatore, Christopher Burleson, Carl Von Drunker, Phil Amthor, Winston Bodie, Willie Carden, Susan Trawick, Ben Spooner, Stephen Thompson, Chris Usher, Justin Bean, Steve Trawick, Richard Stevens, Johnny Caldwell, Reynolds Wolf. Oh! Joshua Corbett, Valiant Hermes, Jacob and Robin Fleming, Clay Henson, and Kangian, Catherine England, George Gaston, Will Summerford, John McCune, Tom Anderson, David Evers, Andrew Barber, Timothy, Steve Harlan, Dan Thompson, Wes Atkinson, Rich Reimer, Gerard Albrich, William Glenn, Matthews, Joel Beckham, Theodore Gary, Shannon Butson, Taylor, David Hegler, Mickey B, Hugh Anderson, Shane Bailey, Mick Vigicana, Chris Thrash, Logan Chilton, Tony Perry, Alex Gwynn, Josh Teal, David Simpson, Earl Ricks, Mike Finley, C.T. Wayne, Dave Powell, Donnie Reynolds, Wade Carson, Ivor Evans, John Zavachin, Chris Camo, Darren Pyle, Chris, Wardam Wade, Jason Albright, Randall Walker, Ben Amos, Ruth and Darren Sutherland, Patrick Williams, Rob Morgan, Steve Schuster, James Taylor. And I'll be there, yeah, yeah, yeah. I keep trying to guess friend. which one he's going to sing. I always get wrong. <laughs> John Stubbs, Kenneth Brett Rains, Nicholas Craig, Russell Milley, Matthew Wagstaff, Joey Miller, Mark Squire, Spanky, Brant Rumble, J.W. Pepper Rice, Michael Morton, Lawrence Kane, and our one-time and anonymous donors, one of which is not anonymous, it's 
Surfer Chickify. If you'd like to help us smuggle a Russian general to Austria, you too can help sponsor the show over at Patreon.com. Just search the keyword Plexico, P-L-E-X-I-C-O, and you can give as little as $1 a month to help keep Agent Jason's sniper rifle loaded with steel-tipped bullets, because, you know, KGB snipers usually wear body armor. <laughs> <laughs> and like those other folks whose names you just heard, you'll get a shout-out on all White Rock Entertainment shows, including this one. As a Patreon, you'll get bonus material and behind-the-scenes information on all White Rock endeavors, including our novels, comic books, and more. Well, let's find out who this mission's trivia double O award winner is going to be, so we can lord it over the guy until the next episode. Agent Jared and I have each prepared three questions for a total of six. One, two, three, one, two, three, carry the four. Yep, six. That's what I got. (laughs) We'll take turns asking each of our contestants a question. You get it right, that's one point. You get it wrong, your opponent has an opportunity for a steal, sneaky bond style. Most points gets you the coveted double O award, a free ride on a Ferris wheel in Salzburg, and a ghetto blaster. While supplies last, not available in all areas, let's start this segment we like to call... Agents Under Fire. Well, I understand double O's have a very short life expectancy. Oh, man, oh, man, Pat, you are our current champion, sir. Do you want to go first or second? You know what? Let's go first. Delvin, who's reading? Jason. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Pat, easy round question, my friend. Okay. How much bribe money did Killifer get to help Sanchez escape? Two million. And how much dough is that? Hell of a chunk of dough. It's a hell of a Sorry, chunk of dough. Sorry, old buddy. Two million dollars <laughs> a hell of a chunk of dough. Good job, Pat. You got that correct. Ooh, All right, Delvin, can you keep pace? Don't know. <laughs> okay. Here comes your easy question. What was the chemical formula of the insecticide that was on the plane that Pam Bouvier drops on the people at the end of the film? <laughs> I couldn't keep I can't keep <laughs> As soon as you said chemical formula, I'm like, you don't get that. <laughs> oh, I'm messing with you. All you need to tell me is what was the name of Bond and Felix's friend who was murdered on his own fishing boat? Oh, Sharky. It's as easy as that, my friend. Let's go into the medium round. All right, Pat. What is the name of the fictional city that Sanchez operates out of? Oh, it's Stash or something like that. Oh. I'll give you a hint. It's something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on my clothes. Delvin, no. why don't you tell him whether or not he's close? No. No, I'm, I'm not I'm, telling I'm, him anything. I'm, I'm passing the question to you. He got it wrong. You don't oh. know. <laughs> Yeah, it's Isthmus City. Isthmus City. Isthmus. Ah, uh, shoot. You're in the hole, man. You've got to root against Delvin on this next question. Uh-oh, shoot. Oh, boy, okay. Delvin, you can take a solid lead here if you can answer the following question. What is the name of the televangelist that Sanchez uses to broker his drug price negotiations? Crap. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my friend. Oh, no. Come on. Oh, no. Wait, Newton. Oh, crap. Come on. (laughs) And it's a freaking gimme. I know it. It's a gimme, and I'm going to freaking blow it, too. Well, should we pass it to Pat and see if uh, he knows? Yep, give it to Pat. All right, Pat. You can catch back up right here. Oh, boy. Baxter? 
Oh, you're fired. Bruce, <laughs> oh. oh, Jared, Jared. Tell him, tell him the answer. This is Professor Joe Butcher. Oh, I, I, know I feel here. like you guys snuck a freaking slow ball. Just right. <laughs> I'm pretty play. sure I mentioned his name during our <laughs> you long dialogue. Dude, you you did. And I, I was still just like, oh, hey, Newton. <laughs> yeah. Well, bless your hearts anyway. Bless our hearts. Yeah. Delvin's up two to one. Pat, got to get this to stay in it, my friend. Why was El Presidente visiting Sanchez in his office right before Bond almost assassinated Sanchez? Because he only got half a paycheck. That is correct. All right. So, Delvin, if you get this one, you win. According to Crest, what underhanded favor did Sanchez do for Lupe and her past? I don't know. Pat? He did something for her parents or something. Looks like we're going into sudden death round. Alrighty. Here we go. Correct answer was he fixed the beauty pageant that she won. Oh. No. (laughs) And what I almost said during the show was... If she came in second place, or <laughs> who the would have beaten her, man? Let's go into sudden death. And Pat, this is where going first gets dangerous. Mm-hmm. You missed this. You're done. All right. How much did it cost to buy into Sanchez's new drug scheme? $400 million. <laughs> That's $100 million of territory. There you go. Oh, oh Delvin seals the deal. Boy, this was down to the wire. Up to the wire. Delvin wraps it up. Well, congratulations to Delvin. Woohoo! Do the right and proper thing and lure this victory over Pat until you meet again in the field next episode. And our soundbite's going to mean so much more now. You want it. You keep it, old buddy. When I heard that, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know they're that buddy. You keep it. Oh, I didn't even admit, man, that line to me, that's about as cold as no head for heights. Mm. Oh, yeah. That was a cold line, like, dang. Because he could have saved them and was like, "Mm mm-mm, there's no saving you. I remember seeing it in the theater, and when Sharky goes, what a waste of money. money. And the theater theater just cracked up. It got the laugh that they were hoping for. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was was a dark line, and that was a funny but dark (laughs) follow-up line. Uh, Who amongst us would have not been there with one of them nets on a pole just fishing money? Oh, man. (laughs) Like, man, money sure is dirty. (laughs) What's the lot of work? This is one of the movies that I read. I read John Gardner's novelization of it before I saw the film. Mm -hmm. And when I read the novelization, I mean, I was like, there's no way they're going to put this stuff in the movie. (laughs) There's how are they going to get away with this? And I was just amazed, like, holy crap, they're just doing it. They're blowing this guy's head up. They're dumping Felix Leiter in with the shark. That That was was just brutal. I thought the shark bit his nuts off at first. I'm like, I did too. I was like, Della. Doesn't that happen to Felix in one of the Fleming novels? Yeah, Live and Let Die. Live and Let Die. Yeah. Poor Felix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At that note that he disagreed with something that ate him was directly from the novel. Mm-hmm. I bet Iliff brings that up in his portion today. Now for the next segment of the show, entitled Return Fire. During Return Fire, our rookie agents Pat and Delvin get to toss Jason and I a trivia question that they've brought with them in an attempt to stump the double O experts. And they've gotten harder and harder and harder. This <laughs> is gone. Anyway, let's begin with Return Fire. 
This never happened to the other fellow. All right, champion Delvin, what you got? Man, I saw so many license plates and stuff that went by. <laughs> me too, me too. And I wanted to bring one of those up, but you know, I know Pat likes doing that sometimes, and I know you know that Pat likes doing it, so it's kind of become this whole. <laughs> yes, kind of like, I wrote what, down a lot of numbers. Like what? What can like I find? That, three pages of numbers. Yes. What can I find that you guys aren't going to pay attention to? And the one thing that I wrote down was during the credit scene where the poker chip turns into the naked lady what was the value of that poker chip oh that is good because i wrote down what kind of camera it was i did too i wrote <laughs> the camera and the poker chip went right by me poker chip went by me too so i have to give it just a guess i'll go 100 jason you want to go 50 <laughs> i'll go thousand it was ten dollars oh it's so unbond like <laughs> holy cow that's like my poker chip <laughs> <laughs> I wrote down that dang camera number and missed the stinking. <laughs> I did too, well man. Played. I got the camera number. I got the type of camera it was. Oh, he got me. Y'all have been so sharp, man. I was afraid <laughs> to even write down a license plate. <laughs> well, I got a lot of those written down. Z- ZKQ 7834976B. <laughs> there were like four semi trucks. I was like, what's that number? Which one's that? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of gave up on the semi trucks. So, Pat, if you got semi trucks, you might have us by the cojones. <laughs> All right. Ooh. What you got, man? Mine's probably going to be simple for you guys. Uh, we need I that. Might, I made it simple. Yeah. So just remember that the next time yeah. you ask me a question. No, don't, don't, don't barter questions, <laughs> Chris Tatos. <laughs> no heroin. No heroin. But speaking about heroin. <laughs> What percentage mixture of cocaine and original gasoline? That's a What's good the point. percentage? He's got me, man. I don't know. <laughs> Damn it, Jason. I, don't, I count I on you for know. one thing. <laughs> Three pages of <laughs> Suckers. See, uh, it's he, all a buildup. Uh, I'm going to say 3%. It was an 18% mixture of cocaine and ordinary gasoline. Uh, mm. uh, 18%. Man, terrible tonight. 18%. I did a sneaky pat there. Sneaky Cristatos. <laughs> all the time he's laughing. They're writing down license plate numbers. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was writing license plate I know. Plate like, numbers, there's a number, there's a number, there's a number. I was like, oh, Delvin's going to ask me what's the name of the Coast Guard ship in the background in this scene. And I wrote that down. Uh-huh. All for naught, man. All for naught. Oh, well, we took some hits. Jared, we took some hits. hits tonight, and I don't like it. 18%. I've seen this movie like 50 times. And I, I was going to say, it. and this is your favorite movie? Hmm. Shut up, Pat. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, nicely done, guys. You got us. Let's <laughs> console ourselves with some letters from our listeners. Agent Jared, what do we have in the eyes only mailbag this week? What? No small talk? No chit chat? Thank you, Jason. As a reminder to our audience, if you'd like to be a part of the show, you can send us your questions, comments, or trivia challenges. Make them easier than what we had tonight, please. To ohmspod at outlook.com or over on our Twitter page at ohmspod. 
If you'd like, you can even use that email. And as a reminder, that's ohmspod at outlook.com to send us an audio recording of your question or comment, and we might play it on the show. Also, if you're an iTunes listener, we'd greatly appreciate it if you left a review for the show. This will help raise the show's profile to attract more of the 007 family to our program. As a reward for leaving the review, we'll read your entire review on an upcoming episode of MI6 Rookie Agents. Okay, let's get into our audio file send-ins. We kick them off with our research and development team, our RAD team, if you will, which also stands for Ruth and Darren, fellow podcasters and friends that always chip in a little something to the show. We do have a lot of audio files tonight, so we're going to limit the replies just to keep it a little bit brief. So we'll play a little bit of RAD, and then we'll assign someone to respond. Looking at you, Jason. Hi, I'm Ruth. And I'm Darren. Of the Rad Adventures Network. We're with Research and Development Q Branch, and we're here to share our thoughts about License to Kill from 1989. After a successful debut, Timothy Dalton is back for a second time as James Bond in License to Kill. The film retained the darker and grittier edge established in the living daylights. And, as with that first film starring Timothy Dalton, this movie was again well-received by both critics and fans. Under normal circumstances, this would have led to a long and successful run of films for Timothy Dalton. But unfortunately, contract disputes arose between Eon Productions and MGM Studios, and those negotiations lasted for years. There wouldn't be another James Bond film for six years, and the Timothy Dalton films came to an abrupt end, even though they were very popular. This often leads many fans to mistakenly think that Timothy Dalton only did two movies because they weren't successful, but that was definitely not the case. A very unique thing about this film is that David Hedison returns to the role of Felix Leiter, 16 years after playing the part in Live and Let Die. He was the first actor to play the role twice until the series was rebooted with Casino Royale in 2006. We're fans of David Hedison from the classic adventure series Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, so it was nice to see him back in the role, even though nothing nice happens to him or his character in the film. Actress Priscilla Barnes plays Felix's bride, Della. She was well known at the time from the hit comedy series Three's Company, and we were lucky to meet her at a convention a couple of years ago. One of the most stunning locations in the film is the Otomi Ceremonial Center, which was used for Sanchez's Meditation Institute. The center is located in Mexico to preserve and celebrate the history and culture of the indigenous people who inhabit the central plateau of Mexico. Construction of the Majestic Center began in 1980 and it was completed just prior to being used in the production of the film. In a bit of trivia, the film was originally titled License Revoked, which was a better fit for the film's plot. But it was changed when American test audiences found the title confusing because License Revoked is a commonly used phrase associated with a driving license being suspended. And now it's time for 007 Hits and Misses, when we share our thoughts on two low points and seven high points in the film. This is an excellent film, and the low points we chose are interesting because they aren't actually bad scenes, but instead they just have a couple of unfortunate flaws. My low point is the admittedly exciting and well-filmed escape of Sanchez from the prison transport van near the beginning of the film. It's a suspenseful sequence, and the reveal that the DEA agent is involved is a nice surprise. However, the scene really doesn't work because it's just not possible that all of that could have been arranged and coordinated so quickly. And my low would be the awful things that happened to Felix and his bride, Della. I know it's part of the setup for the plot, and I know it's meant to show the cruelty of Sanchez and his men, but it also just feels a bit cruel to viewers to see a character we've spent so much time with over the years face this much tragedy. But now let's move on to the many high points of this great film. 
Number seven, the awesome sequence of the chase and capture of Sanchez's plane, including cool helicopter stunts and 007 being lowered by cable onto the airplane below, which is then reeled in by cable, and the sequence ends with James and Felix parachuting to the church just in time for the wedding. Number six, Bond the detective, who notices clues along the way as he's investigating the disappearance of Felix and Della while he's searching the Marine Center. I like the investigation aspect of this film. Number five, Bond the friend, who is willing to resign his service in order to seek justice for the tragedies done to Felix and his bride. Number four, the shootout and fight at the Marine Center, including trapdoors and a shockingly deadly electric eel. Number three, the manta ray disguise that 007 uses underwater. Very neat. Number two, the exciting tanker truck chase scene at the end of the movie, featuring a dramatic fiery trail, missile launches, explosions, and a great ending with the lighter that was a gift at the beginning of the film. And number one is Q. He's a favorite character of ours, and actor Desmond Llewellyn gets to shine in this film as he helps our hero with a plethora of needed gadgets that he describes as everything needed for a holiday. It's terrific to see Q have such a big role in a great 007 film. Thank you once again to our friends Jared, Jason, Delvin, and Pat for letting us share our thoughts. Remember, we're rad. R-A-D, which is short for Ruth and Darren. And research and development. Ruth and Darren, what do you got, Jason? I can't disagree with anything that they said. I enjoyed all the aspects they threw out there. I'll just focus on the cue one more time. I think it's great to see him in the field. I think it's great to see his love for 007 really shine through. He's actually putting his career and his job on the line going out there and helping Bond in this rogue agent adventure. And I think it really just kind of shows how close these two really are. They may bicker back and forth back in the office, but when they're in the field, they have a lot of respect for one another. Well said, sir. Well said. Anybody else got a burning comment, Pat or Dylan? Yes. A few episodes back, they gave Pat credit for being Christatos, and I got no credit for being Felix Leiter, and I, for one, am insulted. (laughs) (laughs) Boo, Ruth. Boo daring. But do you really want to be Felix Leiter in this film? <laughs> not, not in this film, no, no, no. Eh, maybe in one of the other films. Maybe in a better film, maybe, maybe yeah. <laughs> I thought Felix's bride looked familiar, and then when they mentioned that she was the girl from Three's Company, I'm like, oh, okay, that's where I knew her from. All right, next up on our audio file list are our Canadian friends from the James Bond Complex. Let's see what they've got to say. 5, 4, 3, 1. Hello, Honor Majesty's Secret Podcast, MI6 Rookie Agents. This is the James Bond Complex from Montreal, Canada, Station MC, the podcast where we discuss the James Bond phenomenon in all its shapes and forms, from Fleming to films and everything in between. Ooh, I'm one of the co-hosts, Edgar. Ooh. <laughs> and I'm Matt. I'm the other co-host. That's the other, ooh. Uh, we got your Twitter message about your License to Kill episode that you guys are recording pretty soon. We're always happy to send these messages. Uh, License to Kill is an interesting one, Matthew. And I think you have very special feelings about it in particular. Why don't you uh, share us, uh, what, you, what, what do you make of LTK? I love License to Kill. It's probably the first one I saw from beginning to end when I was a uh, younger uh, person you're a man um i know it's a controversial one uh, people um often criticize it for being too much of an 80s movie uh for having a simple plot not not 
enough uh, Bondian elements, and I think that's why I kind of like it. I I am a fan of 80s action movie, especially the later Die Hard uh, um, action-adventure genre movies uh, that eventually uh, more or less redefine the action genre in the 90s. Um, so I'm actually a big fan of this one. A simple simple plot. When I saw it, I was uh, uh, not even 10 years old, I think. And it's a simple plot. You can understand it's a little bit brutal, mind you. I, it left a mark. I, I'm, I'm still uh, terrified of uh, Robert Davy to this day. I think he's a wonderful villain. I think... <laughs> All the leading ladies uh, are amazing. Um, the locations um, are gorgeous. I want to go to Florida. I want to go to Mexico. And, um, I mean, it's Timothy Downton. He's my favorite James Bond, even though he only did the two. Um, I think it's a fantastic movie. I know a lot of people are going to dog on it, but, I mean, I love it doesn't change anything for me. So what, what do you feel? How do you feel about uh, a license to kill? Or as we say in French, permis de tuer. Permis de tuer. Well, I mean, heck, I mean, the minute Gladys Knight starts singing those, that, that lovely, lovely tune, I'm, I'm in it to win it, baby. I mean, this is a really good one for me. I know you and I, uh, Matthew, we've, we've had conversations behind the scenes. I, I, of Timmy's two films, I do like Daylights a little bit more, but I think this is a really, really strong one. Kind of like you, I agree. It's fun to watch this one in the context of a Bond film doing things a bit differently. It, it, doesn't always feel like a James Bond movie, and I, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. I'm actually happy that it tries to do that sometimes. Um, Timmy's great. Uh, Robert Darby's great. I, I love the fact that they give a slightly larger role to Desmond Llewellyn. Is it the smartest movie to give comedic relief to <laughs> Maybe not, but it's still fun. And the locations are pretty cool. I guess maybe if, if anything holds the film back a little bit for me, it is the dichotomy between the comedy and the super dark, gritty, violent, uh, bloodthirsty rampage of revenge. Like, I don't think it always coalesces perfectly. And some of the sets look a little cheap, but I think there are some very peculiar reasons for that about financing and whatnot. But overall, it's pretty good. I, I do like it quite a bit. Uh, so those are our thoughts on License to Kill. If any of the... Uh, on our Majesty's Secret podcast, MI6 rookie agents want to check us out. Well, there's the, we have a Facebook page, the James Bond Complex. We're on Twitter, at the Bond Complex. We have pretty pictures on Instagram, at the James Bond Complex. And check us out on the Google Play Store and on iTunes. Give us a five star glowing gun review. Uh, so we're signing off. I've been Edgar. I'm always Matt. You're still Matt? Ah, uh, it's funny. Most of the time. Most of the more things change, the more they remain the same, I guess. <laughs> So, uh, as always, a pleasure. Merci. À la prochaine. Au revoir. All right, boys, I'm taking this one because Edgar and Matt and I are seeing eye to eye, obviously. <laughs> and you know what? The whole team, everybody scored this high. Everybody liked this film. Ooh. So, so <laughs> you just like that French, didn't you, Pat? Yes. The countdown from five to one in French. I'm like, yes. <laughs> we they love Timmy D. They love Gladys Knight. They love this movie. They Ooh. they belong in our group, boys. Welcome Your to group? the show. Love it. I, yeah, great. Oh, you said you're going to take this, Jared. Go ahead, man. No, that's about it. I just wanted to say we're seeing eye to eye. I love these guys. Heck yeah. Like, I mean, that made me happy that people appreciated Gladys Knight. The song is incredible. It's just freaking incredible.
incredible. Underrated. And I will say the government at the time had levied a heavy tax on filmmakers in the UK. So the studios determined this is the one time they could not use Pinewood. So everything had to be done pretty much in Mexico and they had to build new sets there. So that's why I think the look and the feel of it is a little bit different. But Mm. I think it kind of works because I think this film is a little different. There are three Bond films that I kind of put in their own unique category. Of course, Honor Majesties, this one, and Casino Royale. I think in all three of those, there's definitely more of a storytelling arc for our hero. All right, Pat, get ready, because I know how you like the Agent I. Hello, rookie agents. This is Agent I with your Fleming connection for the movie License to Kill. The movie's plot isn't based on any, any Ian Fleming novel or short story, but it does incorporate several elements written by Fleming. The character of Milton Crest is based on a short story called The Hildebrand Rarity, Bond finds himself spending a few days in the Indian Ocean with the wealthy Mr. Crest on his yacht, the Wave Crest, in search of a rare fish. Mr. Crest is rude to his guests and abusive to his wife and meets a painful demise. I'll leave you with the mystery of how Mr. Crest gets what's coming to him so you can enjoy reading the story for yourself. Something else Fleming wrote is Felix Leiter being attacked and severely injured by a shark and the ominous scene of Bond finding him in a body bag with the note he disagreed with something that ate him. This is from the novel Live and Let Die, where the henchmen of the villain Mr. Big do this to Felix. As Live and Let Die is just the second Bond novel, in all of Felix's later appearances, he has one prosthetic foot and one prosthetic metal hand. So now you know who the real hero of Delvin's Silver Hand story should be. The last element is Fleming's creation of The License to Kill itself, where the movie gets its name. This is granted to very few British intelligence agents, typically only three at a time. Those who have reached double O status have successfully completed two assignments to kill in cold blood. Double O agents can be assigned to assassinate a threat, or if they have to kill someone in the pursuit of another assigned duty, they are protected from prosecution or punishment. Obviously, this is a tremendous level of immunity. And why M revokes Bond's license when he sees that the attack on Felix and the murder of Felix's wife has compromised his judgment. Bond has to go rogue, operating without orders, so as not to compromise the British government in his revenge plot. The rogue element and the unusual filming locations make License to Kill unique in the movie series, and some fans don't like the departure from the standard Bond is ordered to save the world format of the other films. But the gritty, up-for-revenge, screw-the-rules version of Movie Bond does have some connection to Ian Fleming's literary creation. And this won't be the last time we see Movie James Bond go rogue, so keep your eyes out for it. You can follow me on Twitter at SeekOutWisdom for more Bond knowledge. This is Agent I, signing out. Yeah, Pat. Well, that's very interesting. Um, uh, the some more background about Felix Leiter, and I like that little jab that he has there at Delvin as well, too. <laughs> we all we all appreciated that, Agent I. <laughs> very good. Yeah. The more and more I am getting excited to uh, read some novels, I did get some given to me, so I believe they're all of them. Is that correct? You have all the Fleming novels, yes. Sir. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I got them. Um, Jared was nice enough to provide them to me, so thank you very much. Yeah, I'm the best. You are. Pat, let me ask you a question. Do you like comic books? I do. Are you familiar with the comic book creator Mike Grell? I am. Mike Grell did the comic book adaptation of this film, and it is quite good. 
Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of an odd magazine-sized hard-to-come-by mm, okay. thing, but I scored a copy of one, so be on the lookout. Very cool. It'd be interesting to see that. Excellent, excellent. Okay, let's go to... Let's go to South Africa, shall we? Hi, rookie agents. Matt Robenheimer here from Cape Town in South Africa, and I've got some thoughts and observations about License to Kill. Now, whereas my thoughts on the living daylights were overwhelmingly positive, when it comes to License to Kill, I'm somewhat mixed. The film does have some really good aspects to it. For example, the villain Sanchez, I think, is a really strong villain. And the plot in which Bond sort of infiltrates Sanchez's organization and really sows distrust and gets Sanchez to bring down his own organization, I think is a really cool plot uh, for a Bond film. The film also makes use of a few unused bits from Ian Fleming books, primarily the bit where Felix Leiter is fed to the shark and the note he disagreed with something that ate him, that comes from the book Live and Let Die. And the character Milton Crest is from a short story called The Hildebrand Rarity. Really cool to see bits of Fleming being incorporated into the story. And there are a few good action scenes. Uh, I quite like the character Pam Bouvier. And I can't really fault Timothy Dalton's performance as Bond. However, something just doesn't feel quite right about this movie to me. It's lacking a bit of the sheen, I think, of previous Bond movies. I think that's partly due to the fact that uh, their budget seems to have been a bit restrained for this movie. That you go and shoot the whole thing in Mexico City rather than their normal home at Pinewood Studios. I think the locations and the sets don't feel quite as exotic and interesting as what you'd expect in a Bond movie. And Dalton himself, even though he plays the character well, the way he looks and dresses and the way his hair is in this movie just doesn't feel quite right. And then the movie's soundtrack, I think it has a very sort of 80s action movie feel, but it doesn't quite have that James Bond feel. I think Michael Kamen is a really good composer and he did some good stuff in the score. But I think it just contributes to that overall feeling where it feels less like a Bond movie and more like a generic 80s action film. But this is a movie that has a lot of fans, and um, I can understand why people like it. It was certainly different at the time for the series, maybe a bold move, but I don't think they really pulled it off quite as well as they should have done. So I think it's a decent movie, it's far from being the worst Bond movie, and I know it has many fans who regard it as one of the best. It just doesn't rank that highly for me, I'm afraid. As it's a movie that divides opinion a bit, I'm really looking forward to hearing what you guys think about it. Keep up the good work, and goodbye for now. I think you can <laughs> Matt Rubenheim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm going to give this one to Delvin. Oh, man. It's always good to hear a different opinion. Uh, Matt gave us a, a couple of pieces that we had heard before, but the first thing that really popped to my head was I would not have known the impact that James Bond has had literally worldwide. I mean, you, you hear it. And when I started this and, you know, I heard you and Jason you know, mention of just the impact and now seeing that people are coming in and listening to the show and hearing it and giving us feedback and stuff, you know, South Africa, Netherlands is very cool. Very cool indeed. Yep, we're them and Canada. We're, we're worldwide, boys. We're worldwide. <laughs> worldwide. I mean, you're right, though. It's not so much us. It's Bond. You know, Bond ties it all together. So, 
Yeah. He's the straw that stirs the drink. <laughs> I will say, because we've had a couple of listeners that have brought up Milton Crest from the Hildebrandt rarity. That's also where they got the scene with the whipping that Delvin felt uncomfortable with at the beginning of the movie. And she, we said, all she, des- she said she deserved it. And I'm like, what? That's from the Hildebrandt rarity as well. Mm. Thanks for bringing the room down, Agent Jason. Let's... Uh- <laughs> Okay, I think we just have two left. We've got our junior agents from Jeff and Rick. They always make this fun. They like to do a segment that we've taken to call in Rusty Agents. So, so let's take a listen to Jeff and Rick or our junior agent squad here. Good evening, agents. This is Rick from the Junior Mission Control Center, also known as Jeff and Rick Presents. I am providing this week's field report on the film License to Kill. From the junior agent stationed in the Pacific Northwest. As usual, I surprised my fellow junior agent Jeff during the recording of our regular podcast, Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, with a pop quiz in the middle of our script. His answers are not prepared. Just stay still. This won't hurt much. But do you know what hurts a lot? A pop quiz when you have not prepared. <laughs> It's junior agent test time. <laughs> Another one of these. Okay. This time we are looking at License to Kill, uh-huh. the second and final Timothy Dalton Bond film. There were a number of amazing guest stars in this movie. A young Benicio Del Toro, who was in Traffic and Usual Suspects. Kerry Hiraji Tagawa from The Last Emperor, Mortal Kombat, and Rising Sun. And Kerry Lowell, who is well known for starring as Jamie Ross in another giant franchise. Do you know it? I know I've seen it, and I cannot think. Wait, uh, is this one with the oil pipeline? Nope. No. Okay. Jamie Ross is, an- is another giant franchise, Law & Order. I've never seen a Law & Order. Oh, then you're going to have a hard time with this. I'm going to have a hard time with a lot of things. Agent Jeff, <laughs> name me all of the Law & Order spinoff shows. Hint, there are six official <sighs> spinoffs. Uh, Law & Order SVU. Special Victims Unit. Uh, Law and Order SVU Las Vegas. Well, there's no Florida man. Nope, nope, nope. And now you're thinking of NCIS. <laughs> yeah, uh, aren't they all the same? No, not fun. No, come on, come on. You got one. Oh yeah, and that's probably okay. Uh, Puppy Crimes Division, <laughs> uh, Overdue Book Late Fee <laughs> Organization. Uh, criminal organization of uh, you know Netflix borrowing. You are viewership. so close on some of these. <laughs> so close on some of these. Let me help you out here. Law and Order: Criminal Intent. Law and Order: Trial by Jury. Law and Order: L.A. Law and Order: True Crimes. Law and Order: Hate Crimes. Do better next time. <laughs> no, I'll do just as bad. <laughs> Training, as always, will continue in the field until our junior agents are able to handle any situation. Based on this week's sample, I think we have. A lot of work ahead of us. Thank you for accepting our reports. Until next time, Junior Agents, signing out. Oh, man. I gotta tell you, I didn't know that, that uh, Carrie Lowell was on Law and Order. <laughs> I did know we that, did. but when he, when he asked how many Law and Orders there were, I was, I was lost as Jeff, man. I couldn't do it either. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea she was on Law and Order, so don't feel bad, Jeff. Guys, how funny was that? Yeah, fun time, yeah. Oh, Law and Order Overdue Library. Illegal <laughs> <laughs> Netflix subscriptions. Sharing. Puppy crimes. Puppy crimes. <laughs> These guys. Oh, man. I got to tell you. I got to tell you. They've already sent me their golden knife send in, and I've listened to it. We are in for a treat. <laughs> hey, we are in for a treat. Okay, guys. You know what time it is? Zooter man. Zooter man. Zooter man. All right. I believe he's got a quiz for us, so you might want to grab your pen and paper. Uh-huh. 
Oh, there's homework. Uh, my paper's all used up. I wrote down all those license plate I'm, numbers for our return fire segment. <laughs> uh, unlike last time, I am not going to cheat on this one. So let's. No, I'm going cheater free. I'm going cheater free on this one. Let's let's listen to. He's got a little quiz action for us. I do believe. Hello, rookie agents. This is Don Zuiderman from the Netherlands, and I'm calling with my contribution for your latest mission, a license to kill. I really love this film, and one of the things that sets it apart is that for the very first time, we have an actor reprising his role as Felix Leiter. I am, of course, talking about David Hedison, who also portrayed Leiter in Roger Moore's first outing, Live and Let Die. And for the first time, Bond and Leiter really hook up and go on a mission together in the pre-title sequence. Oh, uh, James! Explain to Della, will you? No way. I'm coming with you. Okay, but strictly as an observer. I think Felix Leiter really has a chance to shine in this film, and it shows. David Hedison is having so much fun, and he makes Felix an excellent character. And you can really see that there is a friendship and also a level of professionalism between Felix and Bond. There's only one law down there. Sanchez's law. Plomo or Plata? Little Silver. Of course, what happens to Felix in this film is really awful, but by the end of the film, luckily, he's his chirpy old self again. I'll be up to see you next week. We'll do some fishing. Good. I'll be out by then. Now, besides David Hedison, there have been five other actors so far to have portrayed Felix Leiter. In Dr. No, Leiter was played by Jack Lord. In Goldfinger, he was played by Cease Linder. In Thunderball, by Rick Van Nutter. In Diamonds Are Forever, it was Norman Burton, and in The Living Daylights, he was played by John Terry. Now what I'm gonna do, because I really like that audio quiz I did for John Barry in your previous episode, is I'm gonna play five small quotes from the five other Felix actors. And my question for the rookie agents is, can you guess the right actor or film? And my question for the senior agents, Jason and Jared, is can you give me the next line? So what is the response to Felix's sentence? All right, so get your pen and paper ready, and I will play the first quote. Well, James, have you killed him? That was it. That's the first one. So who's the actor, or what film was this for the rookie agents and for the senior agents? Can you give me the response? Here comes the second quote. You mean this is a put-up job? All right, and here comes the third one. Where were you measured for this, bud? And here comes number four. You don't actually think she's going to show up, do you? That's a thousand to one shot. And the last one. You must be slipping 007, letting the opposition get that close to you. Okay, that's it. I really hope you got them. I will send you a message with the answers. Good luck, gentlemen. All right, rookies, I know all those movies to you. No. (laughs) No. But I should know. Like I tried to write down like half the title for one. They went by too quick. Also, I'm dumb. So all of those played a factor into me not knowing any of them. Pat, do you got anything on that? Uh I wasn't paying attention. (laughs) 
Agency, you might be uh, giving him a tad too much credit. Now, I'm certain that my brother and I have got the movies, and I've got a pretty good idea what the next lines are for those movies. So, Jason, let's take this adventure together. Okay. That first one. Was that the one that said, well, did you kill him? Right. I think that one was from Thunderball, wasn't it? That's what I got. Felix, you know me better than that. You know me better than that. That's what I wrote down. All right. We've got the uh, same answer for that, so I'm confident that. We like Thunderball, and you know me better than that. Jason, what do you got for the second one? Can you remind me what was the quote again? You mean this was just a put-up job? That one was from Living Daylights. That was just a film ago. Yeah. And he said... Let's just say that, uh, what was the name of that general? Uh, Pushkin makes some miraculous. Uh, yeah, Pushkin. Pushkin See, makes I a... originally thought that too, but then I thought, isn't that the line where he doesn't even answer him? He says, um, cause that, uh, they get to that, but doesn't like, he asks that question. And then Bond says something like, he's looking at the stuff and he says, uh, what's all this? I think he doesn't even answer him, but you know what? You go with the, you go with the Pushkin line. Cause I'm not sure. Yeah. And, cause I think, let's just say he makes a miraculous recovery at the end. I'm going to go with the, with the, he answers with another question. Like what's all that? Or what's all that? Like he's looking at something else between two of us. We'll nail it. All right. Third movie. You have to give me a line again. I didn't write it down. Uh, it was, where were you fitted for this? Czechoslovakia. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to hear it again. It was Jack Lord from Dr. No. Where were you fitted for this? I think it's where he, he pulled out his gun when they first kind of meet. He takes Bond's gun out. Several hmm. Row or something like yes. that? Or, yes. Yeah. I yeah. Down. I said, my tailor on Several Row. Several Row. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. The third one was pretty obvious what movie it was from. Or the fourth one, I'm sorry. It's pretty oh, I was lying again? It was pretty obvious, Pat. It was <laughs> pretty obvious. Czechoslovakia! <laughs> it's a million... It's, she's not going to show up here. Oh, it's a million okay, to yeah. one shot. More like even money. More like uh, even money. Yeah. yeah. Her love for larceny versus my incomparable charm. <laughs> oh, yes. I only wrote down more like even money. I like that you took it to the next step, but that's obviously Diamonds Are Forever. So what's that leave? The last one? You must be slipping, James. Uh, you letting the opposition get that close to you? Is it Goldfinger? Goldfinger is what I wrote down, and I know that line. I know that return line. What is it? What do you think? He said they got a lot closer to you in Jamaica, didn't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you're right. right. So I think we've got this nailed. Rookie agents, do you agree? Huh? What? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we'll just play it. We'll Czechoslovakia. Just play it. <laughs> it's like Beavis and Butthead all of a sudden. Are you oh, granting me? I am not looking forward to editing that down to something. All right, Czechoslovakia. Anyway. <laughs> let's check the. Let's check those answers from agency. Hello, Rookie Agents. This is Don Zouderman with the answers to my Felix Leiter quiz. I'll get right to it. The very first one was Rick Van Nutter in Thunderball. And I will play you the quote, and you will also listen to the response that Felix gets. Well, James, have you killed him? You know me better than that. All right. I really hope you got that. The second one was John Terry from The Living Daylights. You mean this is a put-up job? What's all this? Now, Bond doesn't even answer Felix for this one. Okay, the third one was Jack Lord from Dr. No. Where were you measured for this, bud? My tailor, several row. A classic introduction. Number four was Norman Burton from Diamonds Are Forever. You don't actually think she's going to show up, do you? That's a thousand to one shot. 
No, more like even money. Her devotion to larceny versus my uh, incomparable charm. Now, that was a very extensive reply, and I really won't hold it against the senior agents if they didn't get that in full. But you will get a bonus point if you can give me the line in a full Scottish accent. Okay, the fifth and final one was, of course, C. Slinder from Goldfinger. You must be slipping 007, letting the opposition get that close to you. Uh, they got a lot closer to you in Jamaica, didn't they? All right, that was it. I hope you did well on the quiz. And that completes my contribution for your License to Kill episode. I will get back to you for Operation Goldeneye. This is Don Zuiderman signing out. I think we redeemed ourselves from the music quiz, my friend. I think we did, too. I feel pretty proud. Dude, you, pretty proud. you nailed that extended line from Diamond's hats off, sir. That's all. That was well, thank you, thank you. Well, you guessed the Living Daylights one. I was going down the wrong path there. Uh, the Daylights, uh, I've seen that movie a lot of times. So, Delvin, I'm so proud of you. You guessed all the right actors' names. Yeah, dude, Pat. I mean, just the way that you were skillfully able to break down the movies. Oh. Pat, Pat, I'm going to give you a redemption moment here. Can you name me one country that used to be in what was called the Eastern Bloc of Europe? <laughs> oh, man. Czechoslovakia? <laughs> Yay. Good job, buddy. <laughs> I'm a bad guy now. Orlov accent. <laughs> well, Agency, that was crazy and fun. Well, it's more fun when we know them, isn't it, Jason? <laughs> it is. Yeah, I got my butt kicked on the music one, but yeah, we I both feel did. a little more confident on this one. You know, we're both just now in our stage of Bond fandom getting into the music. So, yeah, we got some catching up to do there, but this one was in our yeah. wheelhouse. I obviously need some catching up to do because I didn't even know who played who. You thought Delvin played Felix Slater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, Delvin. We were told Delvin is Felix Slater. <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't gotten to those yet. <laughs> Hang on. All right, guys. That's it for our audio files. We got one email sent in to us from our friend Ivor Evans. Hello, Ivor. Hello, he wrote sexy. <laughs> he wrote hey my friend hope you're doing well just want to send in another quick note to say thanks to you and the gang i had to drive down to south carolina a week ago and spent damn near 24 hours in the car both ways but did listen to quite a lot of old episodes of the Longbox crusade we'll talk about that later. Ooh, so, yeah. uh, that makes the drive tolerable so on to my question as Does we now <laughs> so now on to my question as we now reach a view to a kill he didn't realize how ahead we are in our recordings. But he said, did you guys ever read any of the Find Your Fate adventures based on A View to a Kill? This was that time period where the Choose Your Own Adventure and the Find Your Fate books were very popular. I had several of the Indiana Jones versions as mm -hmm. well. Thoughts on the Bond books themselves or just the Choose Your Fate format books in general? And then he attached a picture and said, here's an image of the books in case you don't remember them or haven't seen them. Gasp, I know that can't be true, LOL. To which I had to tell him, that is absolutely true. I had completely forgotten about those, and now I'm on a hunt. So if you're listening to this show and you've got the James Bond Find Your Fate books, contact me via DM and I'll give you my mailing address. But how about you guys? Anybody remember the Choose Your Own Adventure or rather Find Your Fate James Bond books? No, I do not. I love the Choose Your Own Adventure books, and I don't ever remember uh, seeing James Bond when I was reading them. Oh, I got to find these things. Pat, you sounded yeah. like you were familiar with the Indiana Jones ones. The Indiana Jones ones, I have a few of those. Ooh, the Find Your Fate ones. You but I didn't one. know they made James Bond one. No, I didn't. 
They made four of them. One's called Win, Place, or Die. One's called Strike It Deadly. One's called Program for Danger. And one's called Barracuda Run. And they're all kind of spinoffs from A View to a Kill. And oh, the cover okay. art is very A View to a Kill. Jason, you probably have the best memory. What were you saying about that? I do not remember the James Bond ones at all. I do remember the Indiana Jones, but these James Bond ones are new to me. R.L. Stein. R.L. Stein wrote one of them. Yes. Yeah, interesting. Well, thanks for the email, send in Ivor. And we're happy that we could ride along with you on your long car trip. And man, I love podcasts for long car trips too. And I'm just glad you chose ours, buddy. I hope you got a lot of beef jerky and some Twizzlers. <laughs> Maybe some pork rinds. Maybe some pork rinds. <laughs> while you're listening along with us. Maybe a little brandy. Not while you're driving back. Oh, sure. <laughs> That's oh, why we got that thing that you got to blow in to start our spaceship to go to Mongo. Yeah. <laughs> that will bring us to a close on this episode of MI6 Rookie Agents. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this crew and want to hear more from them, but in the realm of comic books, check out the Longbox Crusade. Pat, where can that be found? Well, J- Delvin, I'm glad you <laughs> asked. <laughs> You can find the Longbox Crusade at www.longboxcrusade.com. We're also on the Twitter and Facebook at Longbox Crusade. You can find us on the Instagram as well at Longbox Crusade. And don't forget to check us out on YouTube as well. Back to you. And thanks to the fellows for taking on yet another dangerous mission. Thanks to the listeners who tuned in. If you'd like to leave a question or a comment on this or any of our other episodes, feel free to contact the show on Twitter at OHMSPod or email us at OHMSPod at Outlook.com or contact any of us directly on Facebook or Twitter. My contact info is at Yard Sale Artist. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Jason. You can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or Jason Albrick on Facebook or Instagram. Delvin. You can find me at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y one nine seven seven on Twitter. Pat. You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. And we hope to hear from you soon. The next episode of MI6 Rookie Agents will bring in Pierce Brosnan and Golden Eye. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. And remember, on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast, we'll return. Bum, 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 bum. See him move through smoke and mirrors. <laughs> Feel his presence <laughs> in the <your> crowd. crowd. <laughs> Other girls girl. might gather around him. him. If I had him, I would, would <laughs> let him let out. Him out. Oh. From me, cause that song is awesome. That's back to back awesomeness back right there. Back to back sevens from Jared, cause that <laughs> movie is also awesome. But then the songs go down considerably. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. There is a drop off in quality. <laughs> <laughs>
Once, when I was with Anne in Tokyo, we had an interesting experience. Outtakes. Thank you, Miss Moneypenny. That's all. That's all. If that's what's the case, I'm really surprising myself of all the knowledge that I do have. I'm like, holy cow. Maybe <laughs> I'm one of those uh, people that, you know, photographic memory or whatever the stuff like But But I'm not. <laughs> I like that phrasing. Like those people with photographic memory or whatever it's called. Who's ready to go? Let's do it. Let's do a show. Let's do a show. Let's do it. It's a show. It's a show. It's a show. We're doing it in three, two. Hello and welcome to On Her Majesty's... Oh, first line. First line, boys. <laughs> Outtakes! <laughs> Try it again. Mr. Massachusetts. <laughs> ah, so let's welcome our our Wookiee agents. <laughs> it's going to be a fun one tonight. He rewinds it in his head. There's a late fee if you don't rewind it, by the way. Ooh, late charges. cost <laughs> <laughs> you. I got distracted. Okay. First of all, you get Thank all... you, Delvin. Let's score it. I will fly to, to Washington <laughs> to hit you. Um, I, I... If not, Pat has the opportunity to steal it and force us into the bonus round. Yep, so, yep, yep. Here it comes. Pat'll, Pat'll win if he steals this. Oh, I win? It's two to two right now. Yeah. Pat oh, stole okay. it. He won. He, he God, man, math is hard. <laughs> your eyes only. Only for you. You see what no one else can see. Now I'm breaking for your eyes only. That voicemails from Rad Agent C and Agent I Look at Jeff too Prepping some stuff here Some final prep Breaking of the moon. Watch out for the shark. <laughs> <laughs> There's a box on the table. Pick it up. <laughs> open it. All Don't right. open it. <laughs> and unlike last time, I'm freeballing it. Uh, oh, I mean, what? I'm freestyling, <laughs> I'm freestyling it. Okay, whatever, man. It's all okay. good. <laughs> <laughs> That's helicopter pilot Felix. Yeah. Oh, we pissed off Pat. Uh, yeah. Damn it! All those questions. <laughs> Look what you did, Zuderman. Well, we've got the... Make my numbers the... go up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jason, take it home for us, my friend. Oh, I'd love to, but the cat's sitting on my keyboard right now. Hold on. Delvin, you want to do it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you do it. I'm searching for a James Bond. Find your fate. Does this close out? Yeah, it's uh, that will bring us to a close, Jason. Okay, hold on. All right. Holy sh-
Oh, I got Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy, man. The R.L. Stein one you get for 13. Uh, uh, um, that will Second bring us to 17. <laughs> Indiana Jones is $290. Oh, sorry. I, I thought this was important. I found the Find Your Fate books. This is important to you. I don't give a shit. <laughs> that was right. to show you your fate. <laughs> They clearly just cashed in on, like, who was hot at the time. And it's like, Cheryl Crow, I mean, she may have been popular, but she's never had a strong voice, ever. Eh. All she wanted to do was have some fun. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Pat, I'm killed. I'm in a puddle on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are killing me, man. You know, I've been thinking about doing a going through all my laser discs so you can I laser disc you watch la- laser disc film face off. Yeah, <laughs> it's a podcast waiting to happen. Someone else has got to have a laser disc. <laughs> be facing off against himself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be like those old old long box episodes when he was by himself. Yeah. Well, what do you think, Pat? <laughs> well, Pat, I'm glad you asked. What do you think, Tap? I hated it. I hated it. <laughs> I'll put you in the nutsack. <laughs> what do you think, Peppy? I love it. It's really good. It's really super awesome. <laughs> Don't listen to Tap. <laughs> He's so negative. <laughs> oh, goodness. He what kills do you think me. about it, sexy? Well, baby, let me tell you. We got sexy, Pat, now. Yes, uh-huh. Oh, yeah. That's right, baby. And that's a wrap for this episode of Longbox Crusade Elseworlds. I hope you've enjoyed it, and we'll see you around the alternate dimensions in the future. Music themes for this show are done by musical genius Joe November. Please check out his SoundCloud at Joseflin99. That's J O S E F L I N 99. You will not regret it. <laughs>